My name is John Staples, partner at Sales Benchmark Index. And on today's show, we have Alex Adrianopoulos, head of marketing at Guidance Software. Welcome, Alex. Thank you, John. Before we jump into today's topic, Alex, can you share with the group a little bit about your experience in marketing as well as your current role at Guidance Software and perhaps a little bit about Guidance Software so the audience knows the perspective you're coming from? Would be happy to, John. Let's start with Guidance Software. To start with, we are a public company and that we address the needs, the security needs of other enterprises. We are an enterprise software vendor selling directly to uh, other enterprises, but also utilizing channels, uh, our partners to sell to those enterprises solutions that allow them to respond effectively to today's cyber threats. That's what we do. In terms of my background, John, I wouldn't say that I carry the typical background of a CMO. As a matter of fact, my education has been in engineering. I'm an, engineering by, uh, an engineer by education, an electrical engineer. And my early uh, career was in highly technical positions. But uh, one way or another, I found my way into marketing. I think that that came from the fact that I was in the field working in sales organizations, owning technical responsibilities. And what happened there is I, I got to understand very well both the products of the companies I worked for as well as the customers and uh, understand the needs of the customers and how our products would address them. So I became a very effective communicator um, in terms of uh, presenting the solutions of my employers to the point that you know the CEOs of different companies decided that I should I should focus more on the marketing side of things. And I've been in this line of business now in, in enterprise software for the last 23 years, and I've been in marketing for the last 15 years. Due to my background, I would argue that I, I may have some uh, different views from other others of my peers, uh, but I would be happy to share some of those with you. No, I, I actually think that's an interesting perspective for the group. Having an engineering and technology type of background with the pace of change in the market in marketing organizations today, having that deep technical background, I, I think can only help when it comes to the execution of some of the automation that gets put in place today for the modern marketing organization. So I think that was very relevant. I appreciate you, you sharing that with the group. So today we're going to talk about the priorities of the marketing executive, not predominantly around heading into 2015, but just general priorities that they need to focus on. So if you would, Alex, can you share with the audience some of your top priorities from the marketing executive perspective? Oh, of course, John. I would be happy to. So. I would say that probably one of my top priorities, if not the top priority for our marketing organization here at Guidance, is to instill a data-driven culture across everything we do. And a lot of it is definitely driven from my background as an engineer, but it's also driven from a belief of mine that the olden days of marketing are truly olden. And instead, we are in a period where the new era of marketing has dawned, is what some folks call it, marketing 2.0, whereby the statement attributed to John Wanamaker, one of the first department store founders in the world, that half of my investment in advertising is wasted, I just do not know which half, is not necessarily true any longer. 
and the reason I'm saying that is because we now have available technology that provides us with a lot of objective and fettered feedback about how well we are doing as a marketing organization that our predecessors did not have access to. So while in the past a lot of uh, marketing was based on intuition and on guesses, today while still intuition is critical and a good chunk of marketing is still an art, I strongly believe that uh, also a very good chunk of marketing needs to be scientific, needs to be based on a systematic way of tracking, measuring, and benchmarking, evaluating activities against specific goals. And as I mentioned, that is something that has become fairly recently uh, feasible for marketing organizations with the existence and prevalence of technologies that enable us to collect a lot of data about a lot of our activities that we do. But having technology is one thing, and the, the other thing is actually to create a culture within the marketing organization of being data-driven and leveraging that technology appropriately to ensure that the data is interpreted, in, interpreted properly, regularly, systematically, and with a clear goal in mind. That, I would argue, is probably, as I said, if not my top priority for this organization moving forward, is one of the top priorities, and it has been actually for, for quite a while now. So you, you touched on a couple of areas that I'd like to, to follow up on. One is around culture, but the other is around what you've struggled with when it comes to creating this data-driven organization. A lot of technology, a lot of metrics, both leading and lagging. Can you share with the audience some of the areas that you've struggled with and how you managed to overcome them? Great questions, John. So there are, as you said, absolutely correctly, there are multiple challenges in, uh, in creating a data-driven organization and instilling a data-driven culture. Resistance to change, especially from organizations that don't necessarily understand or appreciate the value of being data-driven. So we're individuals, in, in this case marketing individuals, trust more their gut and their, their feelings, so to speak, rather than trusting the numbers. And the, the best way to try to explain to those folks that uh, intuition is good but it is much better when it's partnered with numbers is to actually show them the results, to show them the results of data analysis and the insights that data can provide to anybody in a, in a marketing organization or for that matter any other part of the organization. And what I mean with that is, as a quick example, when you do A-B testing, A-B testing is probably the best brief example of how you can affect decisions based on objective data. So typically speaking, the way things would work if you're not in a data-driven organization Somebody, as an example, would create an email message with a specific subject, and they would have an opinion that that subject is the best subject for this email message. Now, with A-B testing and with technologies like marketing automation platforms and uh, customer relationship management platforms, you have the ability to, rather than send, if you will, one email message with one subject to everybody, is to, have, to do a test where you can test the same email message 
but with different subjects to, to two subgroups of your mailing list. And rather than saying, hey, look, this is the best subject for the email because I believe this is the best subject for the email, you can just take a look at uh, the results and see if there is a difference, a significant difference between, let's say, the open rates between the two emails. And that's an example of how we let the data guide us rather than what I would consider to be religious beliefs or, if you will, the confidence in art rather than the confidence in science. So that is one, one challenge, the challenge of how do you change folks to start considering a data-driven culture as a way moving forward. And I gave you the example, and there are, there are many other examples there, but the bottom line is by showing them the power of uh, data-driven analysis is the Missouri way, right, uh, the show-me way that can change minds very, very fast. That's one challenge. The other challenge that you touched upon, and again, you touched upon it very presently, is actually the technology challenge. Now, I say that it is very easy to get data about different marketing activities that marketing organizations like ours do today, but that is both a blessing and a curse, because while it is easy, if you do not implement the technology correctly and instrument the technology correctly, you may be getting numbers that you believe are objective when in reality they are flawed. So a good understanding of the underpinnings of the technology and what the technology measures, like, for example, web reporting technologies such as Omniture that we use here at Guidance, and understanding of how you instrument that to produce the, the true picture of the data versus a skewed picture of the data is, is a challenge that the marketing organizations need to be able to overcome. Implementing a marketing automation platform, while it's probably a must for anybody in B2B and B2C marketing today, I would argue that it's not an easy challenge. And you can go with a vanilla method, but at the end of the day, the reason you have a marketing automation platform is because you want to inform your decisions that drive the revenue lifecycle. And if your revenue lifecycle has a non-vanilla flavor, then you need to also customize marketing automation platform and how it integrates with your customer relationship management platform, such as Salesforce.com, in a non-vanilla fashion. So that would be something that a CMO should look into with a lot of detail. And CMOs need to be able to roll up the sleeves today. Technology is a must for marketing organizations today. And if a CMO doesn't understand the technology, then they will fall further and further behind. And then in terms of a third challenge, if you will, is how to create a benchmarking framework, as I like to call it here at Guidance. And the challenge there is more of an analytical challenge rather than a technological or people challenge, because what once those systems are implemented, once, let's say, a web reporting and web measurement system is in place, a marketing automation platform is in place, a customer relationship management system is in place, then those systems can very easily overwhelm any marketing department with mounds and mounds of data. And that's as a result, the organization's goal of becoming data-driven will be very quickly nullified and instead they will be lost in mounds and seas of data. So 
to prevent from that taking place, it's important for marketing organizations to think about what data they are collecting and for what goal. How do they track things against what benchmark and for what reason? Tracking things is important, but how specifically you track it? Do you do it on a continuous basis? Do you do it on a sampling basis? Against what benchmarks? So basically, imagine that you say, look, my click-through rate is 14%. Well, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is 14% a good number? On its own, you cannot tell unless you compare it against a benchmark, a benchmark namely of your peers, right? You need to be looking at, in our case, other B2B companies. You need to be looking at other enterprise software companies or, for that matter, other security enterprise software companies and to understand what their experiences are and try to create a benchmark so you can compare your numbers against an industry standard, an industry metric. So those would be, I would say, at a, at a high level, challenges with creating a data-driven organization, which range all the way from the people side of the equation, so to speak, all the way to the process and technology side. Okay, perfect. Before we get into another one of your priorities, just to follow up on the last topic, you mentioned the transition from art to science. And I'm curious, and I'm sure the audience is as well, is how has the transition from an art to a science in the marketing organization affected your relationship with the CEO? Oh, that's a great question. And I would say that in most organizations, it is actually that specific transition where now you are going to the CEO or to the CFO with numbers instead of beliefs that make a huge difference in how these executives, the CEO and CFO, decide on how much to invest in marketing and to what end, with what objective in mind. It, becoming a data-driven organization actually clarifies a lot of the value that marketing brings to the table. I wouldn't say that we can justify everything that we do to the penny based on data that we collect, because a lot of what a marketing organization is called to do is to drive awareness, and that's probably the area where it is the most, still the most fuzzy, and it has been fuzzy in the marketing domain for the last century plus, since the John Wanamaker quote. Uh, having said that, though, a big part of the responsibility of marketing organizations is to drive the revenue life cycle, and it is in that part where we can be very clear about the contributions of marketing to the point that all of a sudden then the justification of increased budget allocations to marketing becomes very, very easy. The bottom line is becoming a data-driven organization enables you to understand how well you're doing, but also equips you with the appropriate tools, the appropriate arsenal, if you will, of reasons of why you need as an organization to be investing even more into marketing. The organizations that have trouble with justifying investments in marketing, it's because they cannot justify such investments. They, they just say, hey, we need to invest in advertising because that's how we will put our name out. But they cannot produce hard metrics on what such investment will produce in terms of return to the organization. By being data-driven, 
those metrics abound and uh, you are able to have a very meaningful conversation with the CEO, the CEO. And I bring up the CFO as well because as you can imagine, the CFO is very numbers driven, data driven, and that's presenting to her or him numbers as well makes that communication, that exchange, a very, very straightforward exchange. Bottom line is that the CFO knows that if you invest X millions of dollars in marketing, they will be able to get Y in terms of results based on the numbers that you can show them by becoming a data-driven organization. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I mean, having the science around the data and having the technology in place to be able to measure that makes the conversation with the CEO, the CFO, and others. It's a different type of conversation than, than we've been, been able to have in the past. So I think it's an exciting time for marketing organizations. It's also an extremely accelerated pace of change, so a lot of technology and a lot of changing in the technology space. So fantastic. I appreciate that, Alex. Let's go on to another one of your priorities currently and, and also as you move into 2015. What would you like to share with the audience? That would be, John, to instill, in addition to a data-driven analytics culture, to also instill a culture of learning from your environment, from your activities, from your experience, from your peers, from everything. And what I'm meaning with that, with learning, I'm talking about the ability to always to take a retrospective and analyze what you have done against, as I mentioned earlier, against benchmarks so that you can learn of how to do things better moving forward in the future. That's number one of what I mean. Number two of what I mean is it's, it's a, you know, a commonly used statement to say that we live in a world that changes dramatically, uh, that's in a constant change where the, the pace of change is increasing by the day. And as a result, since we live in such a dynamic uh, world and environment, the marketing organization needs to be able to adapt to a rapidly changing environment. And the only way that you can adapt is by accepting that you do not know everything and you can learn from not just your experience, but the experience of your peers, of the experience of the industry, the experience of basically of acting and executing within a, a dynamically changing environment. So I like to tell my team that plagiarism is not a bad thing. Obviously, it depends on how you, how you define plagiarism, but basically the way I'm presenting that to them is, look, if you see a great idea that another marketing organization has used out there that you believe it's great, don't just shy away from it because somebody else did it. Instead, adopt it and use it to your favor and maybe adjust it and morph it to fit better what we do here as a company and as a marketing organization, but feel free to plagiarize. We cannot invent everything here in this marketing organization, and there's a ton of talent out there working in other marketing teams, not necessarily in the line of enterprise security software, but anywhere else, right, in, in the B2C space, but also in the B2B space, where people do great things. And us and making sure that we keep our eyes and ears open for greatness out there 
and adopting what I would like to call awesome behavior, awesome activity from other marketing organizations is something that I would like my organization to learn how to do. What I'm continuously stressing to them that they should be able to do and take advantage of. So that would be another one of my top priorities for moving forward, John. Okay, fantastic. Now, you know, with creating a learning culture, I imagine you've got some turnover or some people that you have to turn over in the organization, perhaps a legacy team that needs to evolve to some of the newer and latest technology in order to keep pace with the market. Has that been something you've had to do, and, and how are you able to keep the team fresh and at pace with the market versus falling behind because the pace is so fast? Well, this, this is both a great question, but at the same time a very involved question because it is indeed a big challenge for marketing organizations and heads of marketing in general where all of us, including ourselves, the CMOs, the heads of marketing, the VPs of marketing, it is a challenge in terms of staying up to speed with the evolution of the marketplace and the evolution of the capabilities of the marketplace. But that is something that we need to accept as a fact. We cannot fight that. As a matter of fact, we need to be able to take advantage of that change to be awesome marketeers. And yes, you're right, there are folks that are resistant to change, or they cannot change, right? And unfortunately, that is that's the challenge that all managers are faced with folks who either don't want to change or cannot change. It is very important for us as managers to place significant focus and effort in that front in both changing the culture, but also to provide the tools to our folks to be able to become, you know, more effective in a changing world. So what I mean with that is continuing education is critical in a, in a dynamically changing environment. Continuing education in both technologies, so we use a specific marketing automation platform here at Guidance Software. My marketing programs managers need to be very, very adept with that technology and thus we send them to training. We buy them training credits on a, on a constant basis, but that's just one element. The other element is understanding trends, marketing trends, and approaches that other organizations follow in a successful fashion. And that would be both formal education programs in conferences and similar settings, but also informal education practices where, as an example, we ask ourselves on a, on a bi-weekly basis what have we found from our environment, what's interesting, bringing to attention of the whole team and pointing, if you will, to awesomeness in other places outside of our own marketing organization. I truly believe that if, if individuals adopt the notion that we learn on a continuous basis, we become a much more effective team, we become much more effective individuals by learning from other folks within the company and outside of the company. That's fantastic. Thank you, Alex. I think we've got time for one more, so if, if there's another priority that you'd like to share with the audience today, what would that be, and can you explain a little bit about the, the value and some of the objectives that you would have within that priority? Yeah, I would probably summarize that as following. Number one, we talked about becoming a data-driven organization. Number two is we talked about becoming a learning organization, adopting a learning culture. 
However, neither one of those would be effective on their own in transforming a marketing organization from marketing 1.0 to marketing 2.0, as I like to say, unless there is a specific purpose in learning and also in being data-driven. Thus, creating a purpose-driven organization, I would argue, is in my top three priorities for my department as a head of marketing. And what I mean with creating a purpose-driven organization is by making sure that everybody in marketing clearly understands on why they are doing what they are doing. And I'll share a quick story with you, if I may, here, John. When I first joined Marketing Care Guidance, I asked my team to answer a very simple question for me on why do you do what you do? I would ask each one of the team managers as well as the individuals in the teams in telling me that. And invariably, I, maybe invariably is the wrong expression here, but often I would get a response which would tell me that folks would do what they do because that's what marketing does. What do you mean, Alex, why do we do this activity X or that activity Y? Isn't that what marketing is supposed to be doing? Well, yes, indeed. When you are in field marketing, you do field events. And when you are in corporate marketing, you do corporate marketing activities like press releases and other communications. But there needs to be a singular purpose that not only informs the decisions and, and the actions of every team member and every team within marketing, but also it guides and unifies the actions together to that, towards that singular goal, that singular purpose. And in our case, John, here at Guidance Software, the singular purpose of marketing is to drive revenue. We are a commercial organization. We are, as I mentioned at the beginning, a public company that investors have entrusted us with their own funds to show returns to such investments. And thus, from our perspective here at marketing, the singular purpose that unifies our actions, but also informs our actions every minute of every day, is the goal of driving revenue and profits for the organization. And that basically informs both what investments we make in what marketing activities, but also it informs how you go about executing on such activities to ensure efficiency of gain, efficiency of, of those activities, to, to ensure that you get the right count and the right quality of leads from each one of those activities that can convert, if you will, into becoming, as we like to call them here at Guidance Software Sales Ready Leads, and into becoming opportunities and becoming deals after all. So instilling a culture of a singular purpose, I think is very, very important to accompany the learning culture and the data-driven culture that we spoke about a few minutes ago. That's perfect. Well, you know, one of the things you bring up purpose, and one of, some of the research SBI has conducted recently points to the overarching marketing strategy, and obviously purpose, data, and the, a number of the other priorities you've mentioned are, are critical to that success. That's, that's all the time we have for today. First of all, Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. 
Uh, we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to share your insights with our audience. And thank you again for joining. Thank you, John. I very much appreciate the opportunity that you have provided me here. Thank you, and have a great day. You too.